You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. For two riders in the Vuelta a España, it didn't take a five-hour bus journey north ahead of the race's second rest day to create a sense of disorientation. While others in the race experienced the schlep from El Barraco to Laredo and the Cantabrian coast as a voyage into a different Spain, for Ben Svihoff and Tony Paltzer of Bora Hansgrohe, the Vuelta a España is just the latest, boldest step into a brand new world. One year ago, Paltzer was 27 and rightly considered one of the leading performers on the planet in ski mountaineering or skimo, a relatively new but also growing discipline in which participants both ascend and descend mountains on skis. He was also a world-class sky runner who had both wowed and horrified audiences with his razor's edge record-breaking conquest of the Watzmann, one of Germany's highest and most famous peaks. Toni Palzer erwischte einen Sahnetag. Gleich einer Gams flog der 27-Jährige geradezu über die hochalpine Tour. Vorbei am Watzmannhaus, über das Hocheck, die 2713 Meter hohe Mittel und die Südspitze und das Warmbachgries. Paltzer had grown up deep in the Bavarian Alps, the son of a mountain guide, weaned on thin air and daring adventures. 27-year-old Ben Svihoff, by contrast, comes from a place more readily associated with smoking chimneys rather than glistening summits. In industrial Essen, deep in the web of cities in Germany's far northwest, that together go by an unflattering nickname, the Coal Scuttle. Nevertheless, Svihoff also developed a love for and eventually a career in the great outdoors. He got his first mountain bike at age four and went on to become one of Germany's leading riders. Right up until last year, he was also an Olympic hopeful. Germans refer to the most significant moment of their nation's recent history as the Wende or the Turn. It means, of course, the fall of communism. But Tony Paltzer and Ben Svihoff both experienced their own Wende in the summer of 2020. That was when Bora Hansgrohe and the team's manager, Ralph Denk, was finalising an audacious plan something like a human experiment, to turn both Paltzer and Zvihoff into professional road cyclists. Today, a year on, both men are two and a half weeks into their first Grand Tour. And I guess the media attention, the amount of media attention might be a bit of a surprise, but what else? I know this was always a big ambition of yours to come to a Grand Tour, but what surprised you here? Yeah, that I'm still, still in the race. Uh, for sure, the last two weeks were pretty tough for me. Especially after my crash, I felt a lot of pain, but yeah, I managed it to the first block of racing here, recovered good on the first rest day, and now I'm feeling really good again. And yeah, but I think the, the, yeah, the, the hardest stages are, are coming up, and especially in the last week with a lot of climbing. But let's see how it works, and yeah. For me, it's important to think day by day. And yeah, every day what I finished is a successful day for me, I think. Well, Ben, there's a, there's a lot of attention here for your teammate, Anton Paltzer, who's riding his first major tour. Um, but you, you were also, a, a year ago, you were doing a different sport, or just over a year ago. Your first major tour as well. Sum it up to me so far, how, it, how it's going, how it's gone. What are the surprises? What are the highlights? 
Yeah, it's pretty hard. Uh, tough racing in the first week with a lot of stress and hectic and yeah, a lot of crashes also. Unfortunately, I was also involved in one of those uh, bigger crashes uh, with my shoulder luxated and also a little bit broken. But uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm really happy that I uh, still uh, that I'm still in the race. And yeah, uh, all in all, it's a great experience. We are fighting really hard every day as a team and. Um, yeah, we have Felix in good position for the GC, so uh, yeah, let's do our best to support him to Santiago in the best way possible. The tales of how and why both men got here require some explanation. Paltz's first in-the-flesh contact with Bora came through the former Giro Maliarosa Lucas Purstelberger, a friend of a friend eventually became a riding companion when Paltzer used cycling to train for his schemo and skyrunning goals. Coincidentally, prior to this, Bora Chief Denk had admired Paltzer's feats from afar and even sent him a semi-serious Instagram message inviting him to a training camp. Paltzer finally read it approximately two years later, just as discussions about him making the switch were beginning in earnest last year. Purcellberg had previously introduced Paltzer to Bora coach Helmut Dollinger, and Dollinger was among those who could see the clear potential in Paltzer's physiological test results. His VO2 max was 92, but then, to use Paltzer's own words, performance data is like a bikini. It shows a lot, but not everything. Since making his Bora debut at the Tour of the Alps in April, and finishing every race he has entered since, Paltzer has acquainted himself with the many layers in the pro cyclist experience and with the resilience it requires. Would you agree that the, the suffering is broadly the same in Schemo or when you did your run over the Watzmann, is it? Or, you know, what you're doing here? Would you say that suffering is always the same colour, it always feels the same, it always looks the same? Yeah, for sure. Suffering is suffering. It, it's, it doesn't matter in which sport, but in cycling it's different to other sports because, yeah, it's 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 not the end after one day. It's uh, like in running or in skimo. It's day by day, especially at Nagrotto. You have uh, yeah three weeks of, of real suffering. And yeah, it's a pretty a pretty mental game. But uh, yeah, when when you are mentally tough and strong, that I think it's. You can manage it also with no big uh, experience in cycling. I guess there must have been moments over the past few months, maybe over the past couple of weeks, where you've had serious doubts about what you're doing here, whether it was a good idea. What was, what's the, been the moment where you've doubted most about what you're trying to do here? It was definitely last Sunday uh, on the first big mountain stage. I had a lot of pain. I slept the days before, not much because, yeah, because of my crash, and I had a, a really f- day. It was it was suffering from really from the first kilometer, and yeah, it was a hard day. But I also managed this, and I was proud to to finish this race. And yeah, uh, afterwards was the rest day, and yeah, the last uh, three days went very very good for me. I felt strong again, and I hope. It continues like this. Have you got clearer ideas now about what you might be able to achieve in cycling? Where you fit in to, to this whole world? Is it as a mountain domestic? Is it as someone who can win races? Is it as someone who's just going to survive? What, have you got clearer ideas now? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, it's not... Uh, 
it's not step by step to become a pro cyclist when you do your first Grand Tour because it's yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot uh, effort for the for the body and, but I don't think so far uh, now my big goal is to finish this race in Santiago de Compostela and then finish the season and then finally off season because my last off season is around one and a half year ago because the last winter I was completely on skis. So you won't do any schema this year or? No, no, no. I focus completely on bike because I don't know how long this project will work, how long I get the contract. Yeah, my big goal is to become a good cyclist and uh, so I will focus on the bike this winter and yeah, and then let's see what, what this, this year is definitely a year for yeah for development and for yeah to learn all about the cycling because it's complete all is completely new for me and and then i think next next uh, season will be interesting how the yeah how the road goes further a very last thing it strikes me that the schema world and winter sports world is quite different from this world it's maybe a younger audience maybe sells itself better in some respects worse in others do you think cycling has something to learn from you know the well, schema for example or the winter sports world or do you think it's more the opposite that that world has has something to learn from cycling no i think cycling is a great sport and also the mountain sport is pretty cool well I, in my opinion the the mountain guys are a bit more relaxed and enjoy the life more and no but I, in my opinion it's good what, what what cycling what the cycling world is doing and yeah it's completely okay. Here at the Vuelta, Ben Svihoff cuts a more assured figure than Tony Paltzer, and that is because he, at least, has been riding and racing bikes his whole life, even if his very first outing on skinny tyres came in 2017. Two years later, Bora examined Svihoff's performance data and initiated conversations about him transitioning to the road post-Tokyo. Soon after that, Zvihoff blew up virtual cycling chat rooms with a 5.9 watts per kilo ascent of the Alpe du Zwift. Within hours, Jumbo Visma had called and summoned him to Amsterdam for a day of testing. Zvihoff's numbers were apparently the best ever seen in that particular lab. Bora, though, had moved quickly, so quickly that with the Olympics postponed until 2021, Zvihoff had a tough choice to make. Go all in on the road from this year or cling to one lifelong dream at the possible expense of another that was just taking shape. He chose the latter, and at the time of recording here in Spain, doesn't appear to have any regrets. I know you came into road cycling with your mind on becoming a climber, becoming a stage racer. Has this welter, has it given you a new perspective on what you still need to do to, to you know, be up with the, the best guys? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's all about experience and a lot of times also about positioning. I'm uh, also still learning every day and um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with the progress. I, I feel that I'm very close to it, but um, it still needs some time. And I think in the next season, I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, already on another level and then I can hopefully show off that I'm, uh, I can compete with the best guys on the climbs. You and Tony speak a lot about the difficulty of riding in the peloton um, because you are both so inexperienced. Yeah, it's it's actually true because it's really difficult. The other riders have like uh, 10, 15 years experience and uh, yeah, we have to uh, 
yeah, get up to them as fast as possible. And I think that's the, the biggest challenge uh, if, you, if you do a switch. I mean, it's my, I think I have now 40, 45 race stages on the road. And yeah, for sure, in some moments I'm uh, still learning. Yeah, and, uh, and those moments more on the flat or on descent, what, what do you particularly find difficult? Yeah, more in the flat. Uh, before the climbs and positioning, uh, for example, it's uh, sometimes really hard. Uh, yeah, especially with the world best riders. Huh? That's, uh, that's another thing. And uh, in smaller races, I, I think I can do pretty well already. But uh, here you compete on another level for sure. And, um, then it needs to be everything perfect uh, that you that you can really uh, race at your best. Do you have the feeling it's to do with bike handling skill or just aggression to in order to improve your positioning? Do you just need to be more aggressive, maybe? Yeah, it's uh, it's only about uh, to be more aggressive and to have an eye for that. That's uh, that's the most important thing. I I, I think you uh, you need to have a, a good eye and to see okay where's the flow, where it's going in the front, where maybe you uh, can can relax a little bit, and that's what I learn. I think in, in in a lot of moments I'm already very very uh, yeah doing it very well, but in other moments they're still missing something. And but uh, I think it's normal. Obviously, you, you might have been in Tokyo um, a few weeks ago, but things went a different way. Um, how did you feel watching that race? Yeah, I was, uh, first of all, very surprised uh, about how the race went. Congrats to Tom. He was uh, really on another level again. Um, I can feel him pretty well because I also had the collarbone broken this season and uh, he also, so big respect for that. Um, for me, it was uh, for sure a little bit pity that I that I couldn't compete there. But uh, my focus was completely on the road this season, and I uh, didn't even try. I said I want to focus in my first year on the road as in the best way as possible, and I think that's uh, yeah the most important thing because I, I will be a road cyclist from now on, and uh, so I focus on that. And just lastly, Ben. Where are you at in your studies at the moment? Because you're studying a law degree, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still studying, but I can't do a lot. It's uh, so hard with all the calendar and everything. Um, I try to finish it off, yeah, but uh, it will still need some time, I think. A few more years or months? Yeah, no, no, a few more years, I think. Um, the, the traveling and everything doesn't help. <laughs> you are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast. Powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Um, I'm Nathan Smith, I'm 20 years old, I'm from the UK and I ride for Team Nova Nordisk Development Squad. I'm relatively new to cycling really because I did, I did triathlon for 10 years almost since I was very small, but I just always liked the cycling bit and then 2018 I made the switch just to cycling and at this point I was already diagnosed with diabetes that was her 2016 I was diagnosed so it, it didn't change much when I changed just to cycling if anything it was easier to manage manage diabetes obviously last year the team couldn't put on a in-person talent ID camp as they normally would because of obvious obvious reasons really so they partnered up with the Sufferfest and yeah, they put on a virtual, a virtual one using Zwift as well and Wahoo trainers and everything. So, and then yeah, we had group rides, we had races, we had Zoom calls as well with uh, staff with um, presentations and everything. And then yeah, I just went along, joined along, um, did everything, and then. 
got an email afterwards and asking me to join the development team for this year. The lore of the peloton may take Zvihoff and Paltzer a couple more seasons to master, but the team that gave them their opportunity at least seems happy with their progress. Their director sportif at the Vuelta, Jens Zemka, told me last week that, as they say in Germany, patience brings roses, and in Zvihoff and Paltzer's cases, could even yield actual bouquets. Yeah, I mean, that's this project, I think that happens first time in cycling then. Cycling is existing since more than 100 years. But that you have a rider who did 20 race days before a Grand Tour, that never happened before. So from his body skills, um, he is one of the best. Yeah? So the what? Tony. Tony, yeah. From his body skills, he is one of the best because what can be harder than running up a hill? Yeah, and he is the best in this. So, but to transform this on the bicycle, yeah, with this technical skill, with the tactic, with all these surroundings, yeah, all three weeks, every day on the limit, with the heat and so on, that's absolutely new for him. We see him also suffering deep, yeah, and uh, the big ambition and the big goal is to make it through the Camino to Santiago, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all in all, it's a, it's a nice project, and if I look to... To statistics, I see that we are one of the youngest teams, that we are the most unexperienced team in the Vuelta. So we have only two riders who participate before. And I must say, we are educating them not step by step, that's already jump by jump. Yeah. If you see, Tony is coming in end of April, his first bike race ever. And he's doing now a Grand Tour. That's huge achievement, huge development. And with Ben, it's similar. Yeah, I mean, he was always on a bike, mountain bike, so he has good skills, but it's also new for him. Three weeks. He never did three weeks in a row, also with the heat. Also, we try every day with him to go in a breakaway. So far, he has not achieved it. So you see, it's not easy yeah, to, to develop them and to bring them to this level. But it's, yeah, maybe in, in one or two years we are there and, and hopefully we can also win a race with them. Yeah. This should be the goal. So you think in a couple of years, that's where you see them as well as still in the World Tour, definitely. And guys who they might not be winning Grand Tours, but they can be winners of races, both of them. I mean, like I said, from the from the body skills, yeah, they are really best in, in their sports. So now we have to transmit this to road cycling. And that's a question if this is possible. So we have coaches working hard on it. We give every day in the bus, we give them some small skills, yeah, also some, some goals. What for, exam for example, what are the kind of advice you might have given them at this welter in the bus one morning? Yeah, this morning, for example, we said, uh, Ben, it could be that you have to ride in the front today if there's a leading group and we want to make it to a sprint. It could be that we call you and say, hey, for the next hour you ride in the front, yeah. So that's, that's a goal for him and for Ben is similar. Ben is a very strong climber. He's one of the best mountain bikers we had in, in Germany. And um, we need him to support Felix Großschartner, who is still in the top 10. And he's a very important uh, team member for us, um, especially now where Max Schachmann is out of the race. 
Earlier this week, Vuelta teammates Cesare Benedetti and Felix Korschartner left similarly positive, albeit realistic, reviews. Cheche, I just wanted to ask about the two guys in your team, Ben Zvihoff and Tony Palza, who are obviously they're new to all of this um, this year. Um, how They've talked to me about the difficulties they're having with positioning in the peloton and how it's a bit of a struggle for them. How do you think they're doing, generally, um, in this race in particular? Well, uh, I think for Anton it's a big challenge to be here. Uh, you have to consider it's not only his first Grand Tour, <laughs> it's, it's uh, his first year as, as a bike racer. And he started only in April, not even in January. You know? So, uh, I think he's it's, it's doing okay, you know, he's doing good because... Uh, because it's uh, it's his first uh, big uh, big event, and uh, uh, you never know uh, how your body could react uh, in such a, such a conditions and in such a long uh, long race. We were talking uh, two days ago. We asked I asked him about uh, the longest race uh, uh, on a, on a ski mountaineering. It's about uh, five hours and a half, and uh, they do it only one, uh, once uh, every second year. So. <laughs> Um, he's doing good. Uh, really respect because uh, it's not easy. Uh, I think uh, he was lucky that uh, that in the first stages in Burgos and uh, like in the stage uh, through Murcia, he had no no big crosswind. Uh, this was really uh, good good thing for him. And yeah, and he's got he's got big potential and. Uh, He's not so young anymore, but I hope that uh, this experience will help him to to to, to improve, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, Ben for him is a different story because uh, he still should be used to 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 to, to move uh, well on a bike uh, as a mountain biker. Uh, should have the skills, uh, but yeah, you could see he struggles a bit uh, to to keep position uh, in the in the bunch. Uh, he's got uh, good numbers, he's got good potential, uh, but still, you know, when, uh, uh, when you want to perform on a climb, uh, you need to get in the climb also in, uh, in good position, you know. Uh, otherwise, uh, you need a big effort uh, just to, 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 come, to, 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 go, like, to go across and uh, all the riders were dropping and then to, to make it again to the, to the top of the bunch. Uh, I think uh, yeah, it will, will for sure develop in this, uh, in, uh, in this field. And uh, yeah, next week uh, might be good for him because, you know, this, so these big mountains, uh, uh, there will be riders uh, dropping earlier and he might be there in the final. Yeah, I mean, for Benny, it's, uh, I think, quite easier than for Tony because he was at least uh, already on the mountain bike and he's doing, he's improving quite a lot. And yeah, for Tony, it's uh, still impressive. I mean, it's his first uh, season as a cyclist and then doing World Tour races or a Grand Tour, it's really uh, hard. But uh, I think he will get used to it and it will take some time. But uh, for sure, he has uh, the, the engine. And so we will see in the future. Perhaps most encouraging for both Palsa and Zvihoff is that they are still here, fighting and surviving deep into the third week. Zvihoff has also become more visible and it seems confident as the days have gone by. Shepard and Grosschartner expertly through Wednesday's stage to the Lagos de Covadonga. 
I had caught up with him again on Tuesday. Quite good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, shape is getting better. I recovered a little bit from the injuries of the first week and then uh, it uh, got better better every day. And I think, uh, yeah, I could help the team uh, the best way possible on these mountain stages. And that's what I also focus on uh, in, the, in the last week now. What are you discovering about your body and how it recovers over, well, two weeks now? It's going to be three weeks. Yeah, it's getting better and better, actually. Yeah, my, my uh, shape is uh, growing and uh, I think that's a good sign for, for such a long period of time now. And um, that's what we actually also expected because I, I'm also used to it in training that I uh, get better and better the harder it is. But, but it's nice to see that, uh, yeah, the expectation was uh, like the reality. Meanwhile, Paltz's eyes were blurry, his voice weary, but his spirit still intact on the morning of stage 18 to the monstrous Gamoniteiro. Tony, today is a bit like schemo, a bit like ski mountaineering. <laughs> Might it be an advantage for you on those 20% slopes? Ah, uh, for sure. I try my best, uh, but it's super hard. Now it's the 18th stage of, uh, yeah, of this uh, La Vuelta. And, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty hard to follow the the fastest guys in the in the climbs because yeah my my body feeling is pretty good but my legs are extremely damaged and because yeah I'm not uh, I never ride so so much uh, races behind uh, day by day and uh, yeah but I'm looking forward to this stage hopefully the weather will be uh, yeah a bit better than yesterday and yeah let's see what happens. We're into the third week now, Tony, your first Grand Tour. What is the main thing that you're going to take away that you think you have to work on and improve? Is it still, are we still talking about the, how it is in the peloton or recovery as well? Are there things that you can do that you think can improve your recovery over long races like this? Well, my recovery is, is not so bad. Uh, I think, the, yeah, I have to spend more time on the bike now. It's five or five months that I'm riding my bike and... Uh, so for sure it was clear that these three weeks will be tough for me, especially for my legs. Uh, yeah, uh, afterwards I think it's important to take some rest, uh, to let sink in, yeah, in these uh, hard uh, racing days and then uh, do a really, really good uh, off-season break and then focus completely on the winter for the next summer. And then I think I will do a big step forward. What will you do on Sunday night? on Sunday night in Santiago de Compostela? Uh, I don't know. I think my fly on Monday goes pretty early. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to my home, to my girlfriend, to my parents. And yeah, for sure. Uh, we are good in the GC with Felix. He's super, super strong and we hope he can continue this like Sunday. And then for sure we will do a small party. And, but for most of the guys, next weekend is the European, uh, European Championship in Trento. And yeah, I think I will go early to sleep. <laughs>
Besides his headgear, incidentally, the first thing most Germans notice about Palzer is an almost impenetrable Bavarian accent. Is the biggest problem with Tony understanding his German? Because I find it impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I mean, I adapted already, but uh, he is coming from very south of Germany, so he has a funny, funny accent. But um, I must say the atmosphere is always super funny in our team, though that helps also. Yeah. In his schemo days, he used humour, specifically a quirky and highly personal battle cry, to overcome language barriers. The slogan Fruity Di Mare comes not from the seafood. No, it's a running gag between me and my Italian schemo friends because I speak no Italian and they don't speak German. It was always difficult to talk to each other and so I decided to... Always when I was at the podium or during the race, I always yeah, shout out Frutti di Mare. It's not because of the food or like this, it's a running gag between me and the Italian friends. This explains why his last words as a schemo racer on the second step of the podium at the World Championships in Andorra this year sounded like a seafood order. Frutti di Mare! Palzer hasn't yet achieved the same accolades in professional cycling, but for both him and Ben Svihoff, not looking like fish out of water over the last three weeks can be considered the first victory in what will hopefully be long and successful alternative careers.